Hello and welcome to another episode of Shoot Us Stand Up 2. We're, uh, we're back! This is our first episode with a guest. Uh, first episode that we were actually publishing with a guest. We did try we to. Did try. Yeah, we tried to interview JP McDade via Instagram Live and. Uh, and then record it. And it was just way too much technical. Um, yeah, yeah. You get distracted yeah. by all the comments. So it's. And you also can't, just yeah. the audio. Anyway. Anyway. Being, sorry, JP. Sorry, we'll JP. Get you soon. We'll have you back and we'll re- fake all of that chemistry. We'll recreate it. Um, yeah. Because we're good actors, and that's what today's episode is about. What a that's, great segue! That was a terrible segue. Uh, <laughs> our guest today, who we forgot to introduce in this episode, uh, is a good friend of mine. He's a great stand-up comedian, and he's a really great actor. His name is John Marco Cerezi. Uh, we run a film together called Here Today with uh, Billy Crystal and Tiffany Haddish. It uh, should be coming out soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when the world restarts, we, yeah. well, you will see. Uh, but we we want to talk to him because he's 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 a really funny guy, and also because he came into stand up after many many years of being an actor, and actually had success as an actor yeah, before doing like, stand up, which is a thing stand up comedians hate, and yet uh, people still love this guy. So we just wanted to hear his path into stand up comedy. Enjoy. Well, let's do it. So we're. What we were talking about, LimeWire? We were talking about LimeWire and the Uh fact that you have better internet than we did, and I'm more dedicated to comedy. What was your first, (laughs) have you talked, like, what was your first album? What was your first stand-up thing? I'm going to be honest, like, I was the perfect age for that Dane Cook album. Of course. So were we. Yeah. When were you born? 91. 91, 88. 88. Yeah, so that, like, range, and everyone was talking about it. This that was, was the cover of his album, wasn't it? But I the only double listened. middle finger. He was oh, like, I'm, "Fuck you! I give you two. <laughs> and then he expounded on that for thirty minutes. Jeez, um. <laughs> it's like it's like he was made to sell merch. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's the perfect T-shirt. We all love Dane Cook, though. So that I mean, we yeah. all did. Yeah, but it feels like now that's. I wish I had like a more edgy one or like less just like generically known killing me softly with Chappelle's that's, first special that was that was the hour i listened one. to along with dane cook that's all there was yeah that yeah and a george carlin album my mom bought me which carlin album it was the one where he lists just all the people who should die uh-huh it's just like well here's here's a group of people that should be strapped to an electric chair and shot with a nail gun and you're like 13 i'm like 13 like, oh I'm like, my god my mom you got me this point. for christmas so that was my first one no, really? i don't know if it was that album but uh, we were it was the summer after fifth grade and we uh, our Jewish summer camp, and our counselor would just leave this playing during nap time. We had like an hour chill time after lunch what? in our bunks. We'd nap or just Jewish hang around. Jewish summer camp cards. has a different vibe. Yeah, and it was it was the <laughs> album of uh, "My God Has a Bigger Dick Than Your God." It oh was my one God. of the punchlines. <laughs> It was a great joke, even, but we just thought it was the best thing in the world. We had no idea it was. So that was like to me, that was what comedy was. Yeah, uh, and then I, I probably. I like Dane Cook, but Daniel Tosh was probably the next album I can show. Sure. I, mean, yeah. I think I limewired his stuff. In that college, was the thing is I would, I would limewire a lot of tracks from them yeah. too, or their their Comedy Central half hours because I knew yeah. what to look up for that. I would just have random tracks, which is yeah. so weird when you put together an album later on and you think about like if someone just hears this track, you're like, no, listen to the whole thing. Like the whole thing fits together. Don't listen to three minutes at a time. Yeah, but the reality is that's how I consumed most comedy right. at that point. And then I would listen to like 
all of my Ellen DeGeneres tracks, and it would be in random orders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in, in one one bit she's straight still, and then yeah. one bit she's dating a woman, and you're like, where is this in the Ellen yes, timeline? Yes, exactly. I love watching old old Ellen bits and old Wanda Sykes bits where they talk about men, and it's just so interesting that they're talking about this whole thing, and later it's like, you know, what were you thinking when you wrote this bit? Did, yeah. did, were you aware of it? That'd be good to go listen back in time yeah you know what it's like listening to it's like listening to she bangs by uh is it ricky martin yes yes, yes. yes. yeah not about a woman oh you know yeah. Great she point. Was gay at that time yeah but i'm like the... uh he she bangs <laughs> but one sykes one sykes was speaking so specifically about i remember the joke of it's me the drink guy of the guys who buy you a drink and then think you're like well i don't oh you didn't give me a kidney like yeah, that, yeah, I remember yeah. that being one of the jokes of hers i really liked and like who was she writing that about? Like, was that like a, a very old experience or was that one of her friends' experience? I guess she I guess all women get hit on, but. Yeah, she had one about like something about like you, you want to see two women get together because it's sexy, but you don't want to see your man with another man. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, you always look for clues. Yeah. But like Ellen DeGeneres, she, she'd be talking about men dressed in a full three piece suit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Paul Poundstone <laughs> style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, it's who you you came into to stand up through you you were actor first. Yeah, so I, I liked comedy. I was always comedically minded, but I was a full on actor. I went to college for musical theater. Whoa! Um, and then in college, I took a class at Caroline's. Where'd you go again? University of Miami. Okay. Um, and then I, I went to do acting programs every summer, and I took a class at Caroline's Comedy Club with uh, with Linda Smith. Oh yeah. And uh, it was one of those, like, I did five minutes there. It did well. I went back to college. And I just did, like, an hour for friends. Like, I just wrote. It was one of those, when you first break the dam and <laughs> you're like, also oh, like, I can talk about this. I feel like actor this. confidence right there. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Where you're yeah. like, the thought of doing an hour for my friends, I'd rather drink a fifth or sure, something, like, sure. by myself. <laughs> it was, it's one of, it was just, I mean, it was a lot of, it was a lot of sex stuff. Like, an obscene amount <laughs> of sex like... material. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, I think you, 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 from the acting, you, you can at least, like, yeah. be entertaining or oh, you can absolutely. just keep just talking and moving in a way that's funny like graphic gra it's i have the whole video oh my someday God. that'll be a patch on. yeah that is like like i had a long extended bit about like a, a woman who peed on me during sex and i thought she was squirting at like i'm on my back doing a whole act out it's something i would never do now <laughs> just so graphic like, now that I... stuff is mundane to me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. My uncle had a similar thing. He was, he's, he's always been a funny guy. He's always had endless jokes, endless stories. Just quick with the quips kind of guy. Like a, a Jew. You know? yeah, yeah. One of those entertaining Jews. And uh, at the, in his 60s, he was inspired to finally try stand-up comedy. He was like, man, I'm going to do it. I'm like, oh, good luck, man. Break a leg. I hope, I hope it goes well. And he set up, I think, a 30-minute show for all of his friends. His first time doing stand-up was 30 minutes in front of his friends that's and family. The most, yeah. And he was like, I think next time I right want to now. do less. Yeah. yeah. But it was very sexual as well, which is because that's how, it's just, it's such a freeing experience your first time to just talk about all those taboo things. It seems yeah. like, oh, it's just. And you know, it's just going to work to a certain extent because people go like, oh my God, Mort saying penis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was that was one of your first times or your first time? So I did five minutes at Caroline's, like a bringer. Yeah. The type of show that you, 
obliterate at and you're oh, like yeah. i am i just a did pro. the class and yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. the best crowd ever. yeah 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 it's oh, good like, to get a take congratulations yes. yes sometimes it's a little bit too applause heavy you're like That's okay fair. i just uh, said uh, hi yeah i'll take what i can get <laughs> <laughs> i am not a picky person with this um so i i went to college i did an hour and then, then like i was one of those actors who said i was a stand-up comedian for a long time but oh, i would yeah. do a show every four months and it was a oh. bringer and I would do like. Where were you I, living at that point? So first, I went to Philly to be in an acting company. Oh, cool! Yeah. And I did like you know a helium bringer show once, and yeah. and you know I just crush. And I go like, okay, this is always there. This is Plan B. If the acting doesn't work out, I'll become a monster <laughs> stand-up comedian. Yeah, just like easy, just cruise through. <laughs> and then I moved Confident. to New York. I love it. Yeah, and it was one of those. Where I would do bringer shows once every four months. Kill. I did like two mics at the Creek in the Cave, mm-hmm. and they were so god awful. I honestly think I would have started up stand up sooner had I not done those. The Creeks are the, they're the, yeah, it's a yeah. uniquely and when you murder grungy experience, and when you only do like three shows a, yeah. a, a year, and you murder at one, and you bomb at the mics, you go, oh, mics are bullshit. Yeah. You, you just like think like, oh, they don't get it, or I'm a storyteller, or the true legitimate thought, oh, I murder when there's like a lot of people. Like, there needs to be a lot of people for this to work. I still right. think that. <laughs> Went to an open mic this week, and I was like, you know what? I can't really develop my material here. Sure. Well, some mics are terrible. Some mics are terrible. Or, like, it, it lends itself to a certain kind of joke writing. Right. You know, That's we, know, we all know comics that crush that would bomb at a mic. It's like weight training. It's like, it's like swimming with, re- like, resistance things on. Like, you get stronger, but you might, not, you might fuck up your form, you know? Yeah. I have the thing when I see comedy sometimes where I'm like, habits. would yeah. this bomb, like, would this comedian be doing well if it wasn't in this packed room with fans? It's I, tough to assess. Yeah. I, At a certain point, it's got to be hard to write where you're like, everything I say, they're going to like because they like my brand. Of course. I don't know Which, how. Which, congrats. That's yeah. Champagne problems. Chris Rock says he bombs up top. Yeah. Just to make sure, because they always say, oh, "It's yeah. a celebrity, you get like two minutes or five yeah, minutes." I was gonna say. Sure. He was like, "Oh, I try to like, I try to like ruin them just to see if they, if I can build them back, and if I can get them back, the material's good." I just think that's hard to fight that urge when people are there and they're happy to see you to like not deliver for them. One the, day the I hope to know. Yeah, right. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> I'm fascinated by the people who do well at open mics, but then don't know what to do on a showcase. What a yeah. strange... Have you witnessed that? Sure. I saw that in LA a few times. I'm like, just someone who would kill over and over again at open mics, and then you see him on a show, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see this, and it just doesn't work. Because these open mics aren't ideal uh, gyms. I mean, you can learn things. You can learn, you can learn construction of a punchline, but you don't, there's so much you can't learn mm-hmm. the right. way that we do open mics. I mean, you see it other places, and there's real audience members. Yeah. But open mics for just comedians, it's... It's, it's something, but it's I not. I mean, it's you're talking to a very uniform group of people with very similar experiences for the most part, mm-hmm. you know? They laugh at the setups. Yeah. Sure, I think it's noticed. <laughs> they'll laugh at a good setup, and then the punchline doesn't work. How many mics do you do now? Uh, in, in he's the, in the gone good to days. a decent amount with... Yeah, like a couple a month, maybe like one to three a month. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. But just for fun of it sometimes, or if I have friends going. Um, I, uh, it's, it's way more about just mentally surviving it than getting jokes to work and forcing myself to not do old material because you feel like a fucking fr- if you go up and do, do an open mic and do the do the same jokes you would do at the cellar you're like what am i doing here yeah who am i trying to impress this is pathetic even if it works how lame is that that i'm doing my a the- i'm doing a joke i've already recorded yeah like, yeah it, i try for open mics to make it be like the big swings like the yeah. totally fresh premise that i'm like i'd be too scared 
I yeah. get booed at a show for this one. Right. I'm sure Laura's probably rolling her eyes though, because no. she's seen me do good. Like she's seen me do a at open mics. She's like, the fuck was that? <laughs> well, he's he go and crush at a mic, and I'll be like, great. Like, time for me to go up immediately after. Yeah, so we went hey. to a, a new material mic. And oh my god, was, I got like so mad at him. Of, of, the of, pit. Of the pit. It's, and it's it wasn't, a, it wasn't the, the size of our yeah. kitchen. Yeah, I, I brushed off jokes I had done a couple times over the years, and then maybe a couple jokes it was that were like, like my uh, first month, month in. Uh -huh. Also, so I was just like, she thought new material meant new material. <laughs> sure. I mean, which I don't. When think there's that's eight ever people. Ralphie also, May, at that point, a month in, everything is new material for me. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I was like, but Ralphie May had us a great quote of the first time you do stand-up is the last time you'll ever do five brand new minutes. That's brilliant. I like that a lot. It's completely, well, anyway, believe it or not, do. I didn't do great at that mic. <laughs> and Matt did. And sure. I was like, all right, I quit. But then the next morning, I Was it intimidating to start with, with, with Matt there? Like, so I, I didn't let her go to my first. About it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't let him go to my first, I think it was 10? Uh, that sounds right, yeah. 10 mics, I wouldn't let him. Sure. Come. How familiar, were you familiar with his work before you started dating? No. Oh, okay. the video. Not at all. I mean, while, after we started talking, I like looked him up on YouTube. I was like, he says he does a comedy. Let me uh, mm -hmm. check that out. <laughs> Found a video and then he got so mad. He's like, how did you find that video? And I was like, just your name? My YouTube college search. agent put my NACA showcase online. Oh, I see. It was the wrong video. That's the worst. Which I video did you see? Like, no, oh, that's the... I only had one video online of that. that was, I was just a couple years in. I only have one clip online. That was all I wanted on the internet. I didn't Which want clip was that? My, my Comedy Central, like, uh, Adam Devine's house party. Like the one, I didn't even find clip. that one. I yeah. found this other one first. That was back before they... I feel they, like your Conan is what I saw first of you before we I ever made We were dating by that point. Okay. We were, we were in for a year. Dated, yeah. yeah. Conan, that was before I was doing stand-up, too. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. I started, like, I mean, start, other, start. other than the fakery, I would say, like, I started in uh, 2000. I've been doing it three and a half years, I'd say. Wow. When did, uh, you're good. so, yeah, maybe the fakery years helped, to be honest. <laughs> I think, just, well, just, like, getting, like, I know. think it was that thing where it's, like, I came with so much performance background. Yeah. You did improv as well? I did improv a little, but I was never good at improv. I, did, I had done more sketch. Okay. I was familiar with comedy. I did a lot of comedic roles. It's all the same genre. Yeah. You know? But people I came are like, with... improv and stand-up so different. I'm like, at least you're in front of people. Right. Yeah. Where there's an not, you know, like, that's something. <laughs> For sure. It, it, like, I did... I, when I, I like made a, a concerted switch, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to do stand-up. Mm -hmm. I did, I wrote a play and it had like jokes in it, storytelling jokes. Yeah. And I had a friend who was like, you should do this. And so like I did a moth story slam oh, cool. the next week. I luckily I went up, I won it. Oh my and, gosh. And you know, a moth crowd laughs like crazy. Yes. So yes. again, we you have to, that, yeah. yeah, you think you're, you're excellent. And then I just had to learn the writing and it was stuff like doing roast battles was the first time I realized, oh, I don't know how to write a so, joke because yeah. I, I bombed it. I oh, bombed beyond belief. That's my worst fear. <laughs> oh. That's like, I need, it's on my bucket list because I'm so scared of it. I'm like, I have to do a roast at yeah. some point. It's a great, I feel like for me, that was the lesson of like what joke writing was. I had all the charisma, the, the storytelling aspect and doing roast and being like, seeing, seeing these nerdy kids murder me, obliterate yeah. me, yeah. And humiliate me. Yeah make me tear up just in a line that I learned what a pop was. So I yes. really think roasts are I love a them. great lesson 
it's five percent writing them but it's it's exhausting and it's very repetitive but it's five percent insults it's 95 percent just basic joke structure that's what mm-hmm. i love about it. it lets you be so it's it allows us people like us to be one-liner comics who don't normally yeah, get to yeah, be yeah. that and it's it's just such a good I, I recommend it to young comics. You learn so you learn like okay, so what's my angle? They're a pedophile. Okay, so they do this, this, that. You learn how to yeah. associate, that, then connect what? A to C. Yeah, that's we were it. writing the other day, and you said let's web it. Is that the term you used? Something where you just you have two things. This is how I write a lot of jokes. You have two things. You you found a comparison between two things in your mind. You see a connection that other people probably don't see. You connect it through your route, and then you have to connect it through some more circuitous route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which means you have to look at associate. You look at a and B associated terms with A and B, any idea you could spin off of that. Yeah. And then see if they connect at some weird point, if they share some node between them. That's kind of unlikely. Uh, I wish I could think of an example of it. No, but. I think that's, I, I read, I submitted a late night packet my first time, which is, mm-hmm. that's still new, that side yeah. of things for me. And I read some, the late night writing book that's out there. And it's the same thing. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's all associated, associative yeah, work. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just connections. Games. It's just connecting seemingly disconnected ideas. Uh, yeah, and like, that's the stuff you can grind away on. Like it's yeah, that's stuff you can just sit down and just like write and write and write. And mm-hmm. you know, some of it's so uh, intangible, but that's that's yeah. concrete. There's an algorithm for it. That's yeah. the cool part. And and when you do it well, it looks you're like how did you get? How did you make that connection? You're like, oh, I spun out like 200 other little ideas, and those were just the two that connected. And then it's just about really sanding it down so it's really a smooth connection between them. Where did you be. learn that from a specific like? the book or something like that or? I, I picked that up from roast battles and probably new york i've learned that more since new york of just like oh that's what's happening every time those are the jokes that impress me that that, that just that that backdoor a to connection. C. that's the I first thing inte- uh, artificial intelligence will figure out is like jokes? monologue yeah. jokes and yeah. roast jokes like right. very specific i was gonna say that sounds like something you could easily like go into google and start just being like all right what are you put this word in where the first 10 results kind of related yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like just mine it that way yeah it's just like, yeah, I just pictured two spider webs connecting out and touching at one point. But yeah, so Rose Battles, I'll you that. How, how long have you been doing comedy before you started doing Rose Battles? I, I went into it pretty early. I was fairly confident. This was like Comedy Fight Club. And, Hold on, you uh, started yeah. in New York. I started in New York. I, I had a weird thing where I, I felt like I never really did like the year of open mics. I right. kind of started off running with... Because I had TV credits, oh, so fun though. acting credits, yeah, right. <laughs> so I like I, I did like You're missing out, man. <laughs> I did like occasional mics, maybe four or five a week at at its peak, and then I would do like Caroline shows, yeah. and then was just kind of gone to shows a little faster, which got me in trouble. Not trouble, but like I had one night I did Pace Magazine used to do a comedy night, and they filmed it. And it was like, I was on a show early, this early with like Josh Gondelman, Dan Perlman, Sashir Zameda, and, oh and I was closing it out. And it was one of those, I invited the agents and the managers. I murdered at a UCB show the day before. And then I fucking bombed that. Talk about a clip that I had to fight to get taken down. I had to like write a lot of emails being like, you got to take this clip down. And it was, hum- it was humiliating. That's uh, the best part about comedy though, is like, you, it won't let you have too big of an ego. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeps you humble. It's like swimming. Well, that's why some people stay in, like, I know I work at LOL a lot, and there's, I think there's some comics who murder there consistently, and you've got to just go to different spaces to get that bomb, to get that humbleness to grow. Because then you can look back and be like, all right, what was that? (laughs) Why did that not work? And, like, actually learn from whatever reason that was. Yeah. So... 
always challenge yourself. You see, which all of mine are. <laughs> it's weird when you just do when you do a lot of good rooms, and then you get you get like do just a show for ten people, and you're like, oh right, it doesn't train. Like it's weird doing just good rooms, and and the better you are at comedy, the more you just do good rooms. Yeah, or the, not the better you are at comedy, the more the farther along you are. I mean, it's tough. That's why there's such a mix at the top. I mean, at the, yeah. the highest levels, it's just some comics. You're like, this sucks. What is going on? <laughs> What the fuck is going on? It's such a strange. It, it's so weird how the better you are, the easier your circumstances are. Or like, yeah, yeah the, the more skill you have, the less it's, you have to use it. Uh, how, how many open mics were you doing at the beginning? How, how, we just, love to talk about open miking, especially sure. I was just doing four or five. I, I, a week? I, I was, a, yeah, about a week. And it's painful enough. A decent amount now or obviously not now. No, but. I cut my system. Well, first with LOL, I was doing 25 spots a week oh my gosh. outside of whatever else I got. So if, if I booked nothing just, that week, I yeah. was at LOL every night. I was hosting more than I wanted to, but that was part of the package. Did you get a W-2? <laughs> like, that's uh, so much performance. Yeah, seriously. Did I get a W-2? I think a 1099. But, I mean, I was making... It's got to be close, I mean, though. the last year I made 10,000-something from... Because I was hosting. Yeah. Especially, like... That's the, a lot. That was, yeah. that was the big game changer for me. It was, like, a year into stand-up, or maybe a year and a half. I got into LOL. I said, I'll take every check spot. And I did every check spot for five months and we, in christmas i would be doing eight shows a day oh and like that's where i mean you have great that, check material yeah right <laughs> that's where like quick growth happens so i was doing that i was doing my system now i was doing these two mics on a thursday where i knew the host i yeah. would go up third i would do you could do 10 minutes at them so i did two 10 minute sets every thursday and that was my yeah thing and i do that and then i have i was telling Matt, i have a friend who graciously once a week lets me pretty much just talk for an hour at them with with jokes and rewrites and i hear if they laugh and that's my system that yeah that's i mean pretty involved and what you think you think it was your your acting acumen that that uh allowed you to jump to real shows a little bit faster yeah or like it just it meant in a, in a sold out room i could crush with a mix of charisma and some light jokes. So I just knew how to really sell the jokes. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, Do you have a lot of act outs? I used to, but not not really, because the comics I admire or the comics I like listening to now yeah, are don't more rely on them. writing yeah. based. I was never a full on like Dane Cook type yeah. type comic. I do have some. Yeah. And when I do them, like, you know, I, I let the acting chops fly. And I do a lot of lies. On, I do a lot of fake, sincere yes. reveals. So I find that I noticed when I was doing the set yesterday or two days ago that I have a decent amount of act outs in my jokes at this point. And I think it's because I have the improv you know, sure. side. That's still just how I know how to get jokes across rather mm -hmm. than, you know, my, my writing skills are still developing a lot. Yeah. But I was like, I wonder if that's more if you start on the more performative. I think it's hard to be act out again until you're doing the big shows. I think every comedian. Yeah, it's weird in a mic. Becomes to be like... more act outy. <laughs> Yeah. As they get bigger, because like Mulaney can do a thing where he's sold out uh, Radio City Musical and he you know, do a weird walk across the yes. stage and it crushes. Yes. So I think like that's every comic becomes more act out. But to do it early is tough because yeah. when you act out and it's not a hot and it room, doesn't work, you you're will, like, I'm an idiot. 
Jeselnik <laughs> said he like he early on he did an act out an open mic it bombed and he was like I will never do that again. It's <laughs> being stung by bees. It's so yeah. hard yeah. to it. I was I, I had that kind of experience early on where I was just like my goal was to do as little as possible. I was like I don't want any joke to ride on my physicality. I want the words to be there so there is a scaled back version that I can do if I'm bombing so that if it misses I still have my dignity. Yeah. Yeah. But then I look at like you know I admire Sebastian Maniscalco one of his earlier bits was like a doorbell. Uh-huh. about how we how we used to greet people that rang the doorbell and how we greet them now and he did it's an incredible it's a dance yeah Probably was like did you did yeah, you go to school a lot of for like, this yeah but now it's now it's abused and now every he does this bit i love i want to do a sketch with my friend where he does like you know i was pitting the cherries <laughs> and i'm like what do you how what is pitting the pitting the ch- cherries? Yeah. And I like the bit of like you see him at home, and that's actually how he pits the cherries, and it's just everything he does. That's so funny. His family's like, "What are you?" You know, he's like, "I'm running on the treadmill," and you're at the gym. You're like, "Oh my god!" He actually, that's nuts. You need to make that as a sketch. That's yeah, my, my friend does the Sebastian Chris Caffero. He did Sticker Treat, so I'll, I'll get him to do it. Oh, from him. from here today? Yeah, from here today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Our, uh, our our movie. Our movie. Oh my god! You know, there's some actors that that go there. I always think it's funny when comedians complain about actors going into the comedy because I'm like, you motherfuckers, your end goal is a sitcom yeah. where you shit all over the TV with your garbage acting that you took. <laughs> one. That's not. A, that's. I'm saying like the, the we all cross over in these professions. That is the, It's so strange how they're like stay in your lane, but then yeah. the only goal is to get out of you that serve lane. Serve acting roles in auditions you never. Right. I I am just. I am so out of my range on any film set in the audition room. I'm like, I do not deserve these people have taken well, I remember when I've we were, taken like three classes. We these were, people went to college for it. Gary Shandling's doc, the whole thing was him like wanting to be a great actor when he was a widely revered comedian. Yeah. Well first he was when a good writer started, who wanted to be a stand-up. Yes, and that yes. was a hard transition for him. And then he found himself comfortable as a stand-up and then he wanted to be a good actor. Well that was like when we first started dating and you were like, Why am I not booking off of these auditions? And I'm like, Do you know how to act? Like, you're like, no. yeah, I mean, like, I, I can act. I've acted before. And I'm like, but like, have you ever studied it at all? Yeah. It took yeah, a but, while to be like, you should take a class. But, and then it helped. And it's, <laughs> but it's tough. I mean, it's, but it's stand up. You don't want to take classes. The weird part about stand up is like, you, it's so specifically, you don't want people to guide you. And yeah. that, that's kind of what can make you good. You let the crowd do it. But, but acting, it's a different, it's just different art forms. I mean, I think when acting, I, I used to be so into, I mean, I was like a full, the way I approached stand up with the intensity, I did it with acting. That's cool though. Yeah, it's cool. Why did, did you, what brought you into acting in the first place? And did you learn that kind of disciplined approach just because I, you were that passionate about it? Or was there? I was at the time. I, I mean, I, I, I was one of the kids that I knew I wanted to be an actress since I was in kindergarten. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I just, I wanted to be the best at the thing I was doing. Why? And Do you remember what you're? I just, uh. I just love, I love being the center of attention. I knew that for sure. When I was like a kid, I I used to dance in the living room. My parents were divorced, but in both houses, we'd put on music and and dance. And I remember saying to them, like, we need to get this furniture on a stage so people can see this. So it's just built in me. Some, yeah, yeah, there's, (laughs) there's, there's some deep thing of like, I want people to witness what you're up to. Yes. And acting, I wanted to earn it, but I want to be earned. And I think yeah. that's like the fine line every, you know, with reality, we grew up in this reality TV generation where like some of, you see podcasters or people doing videos where it's this fine line of like, do you just want people to witness your existence? Yeah. <laughs> or do you want to make art? Something worth 
review yeah reviewing yeah and i so i I like i admired the dedication and i was a lazy kid growing up not athletic and i became kind of obsessed with singing and with acting like the daniel day lewis's of the world are you a good singer I, I was. I mean, I went to college for it, so oh, I... Cool. I've, I've, oh, so then yes. Yeah, but <laughs> there was a wall. <laughs> yeah, you're not going <laughs> to... There were physical limitations that Absolutely. I think it took all of college to realize. I imagine there's athletic, there's athletic Absolutely. comparisons. You're, you know, how tall are you? Yeah. What's your wingspan? Yeah. That's going to be tough to get around. Yes. And for me, it was like there was cracking. I wanted to be a tenor, and like yeah. I, I would have... There was, there was one time at college with big ballad, and then I final night, I was like... Aah! And it's like... It took four years before I hit that wall where I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to achieve what I want to in this art form. What a realization that is, huh? I had that Brutal. four weeks into sports. I know. <laughs> That's good. Good to have it after four weeks. Like, oh, yeah, what a wow. blessing. 20 years of swimming, let me tell you. And I, I feel similarly. <laughs> and you only had the ability to be in the you know, oh, top God. 10 of the world, but not number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's... Yeah, it's, but I feel, yeah. I feel similarly with acting, where I feel like I did hit a wall where I went to the, this acting company, I read all the books, I did all the exercises, I had my whole thing down. And I just, first part of it's industry and a part of it's like, Absolutely. this is so luck-based or you do two bad plays in a row. Um, but I think there was a wall of like, for a while I wanted to be a Daniel Day-Lewis. And I think I just realized, you know, not getting into the actor's studio after auditioning three times yeah. or, or struggling just to connect to some emotional circumstances that I said, I don't think this is it or maybe it will be later maybe you know some deaths happen in the family and it unlocks a box yeah. in you psychologically people enter that's true part of with art is that like you want to be the best but you've also entered an art form where you're safe from the fact that no one is the best this is all so deeply subjective that's what i think artists the diff- like the biggest difference between athletes and artists is is because you can always rewrite the rubric so that you're number one you get to yeah, weight yeah, the yeah. coefficient such that you can always come out on but top. But that's why it's weirdly more competitive. I mean, for swimming, like, I was good friends with my competition. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you are, you know, with your competition still, but... Three digits told you everything about yeah, how Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> very, you know, oh, you went faster than me or not that day. Yeah. That was it. Versus, like, you could talk shit and be like, well, they're not. They're kind of hack, though. Yeah, you Even can... if they booked this whatever. Sure. Not that everyone's doing that in comedy, but it's just... I think There's a lot more that. ways to justify. Well, that guy kills you know, harder, but, he, but yeah, I, I'm cleaner. Versus you know? I'm like, well, Andrea beat me at this race. Yeah. But any it. sincere comedian, I think anyone who really loves what comedy truly is, and this is arrogant because it's just saying that it is, but admires all good comedy and good, even if someone is a little hacky, or like Sebastian, I could complain about Sebastian Maniscalco, but like, I admire the sure. bits of his that I think he reached that threshold of greatness. Yeah. And, and it's, it's kind of a safety that there's no objectivity and you can't be like, well, I never broke the top 10. Yeah. But it, it also is, I think it's also nicer because you can be like, I could create something that is it's, greatness. It's a lot more subjective, which is way better for like long-term mental health, I think, versus in swimming, it was like, okay, well, realistically, I'm 25. But it's more brutal business-wise. Because like Michael well, Jordan would have, you know, Michael Jordan would have succeeded even if his agent sucked because no, he'd get on right, the court right, and you, right. you the, the numbers, the numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. Exactly. Yeah. No. So it's nice because you can come from anywhere and you're like, well, what time did you go? That's yeah. it. I like with stand up is just you hit one wall, you go find another. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, I've, I've really improved my joke writing skills. Where, where can I improve now? My storytelling yeah. skills. Or yeah. I can go work on my act outs or. or yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. But there's times, I mean, there's times I felt like I was 
when I quit singing, that was, it happened gradually yeah. before I realized like, oh, I guess I'm done with this. And it's crazy to think how much you spend, time how you much spend, time yeah. I spend in a practice room just doing scales. Yeah. And people will be like, well, you know, you, you, you fine tune your, your discipline or blah, blah, blah. There's, there's still a deepness of like, I think I wasted a chunk of so, <laughs> my life. Dude, I hear you because I was looking at a black line at the bottom of a chlorinated pool mm-hmm. for on real amounts of hours yeah. like yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands of hours okay. but you have to figure out later on like what were the lessons that i got like about how my brain operates now that are useful and i'm developing that discipline with singing i'm sure is why you have like that's a crazy amount of stand-up that you're doing per week normally yeah i mean and it's, it's fueled and just <laughs> and you're just like no problem you know that's what yeah. you do when you're trying to be really good at something you go and you do as much of it as you can and try to learn while you're going along that route. Yeah. So, but that's not what everyone knows. Mm-hmm. I didn't, until I started working in the real world, it, I didn't really realize how discipline is just not something that a lot of people are taking to their, their work or something they're trying to be really good at. So, so that's I, probably part of the reason you've been successful in a relatively short amount of time. You've also, I, one thing I would like to discuss is the fact that you're a guy without a famous family. Uh-huh. Just yeah, came exactly. into acting with an acting degree, not out of NYU, not out of a USC, and you've you've been booking since before stand up. You go to audition, you found yeah, an yeah. agent, which is so incredible to find an agent if you're not a stand up comedian, and then to go into audition <laughs> rooms with really nothing on your resume, getting callbacks, yeah, and then getting the role. Booking major, like I mean, commercials, commercials and, and movie roles. Say that, just to take away a little credit, my, I did have like financial support from family, sure. and that's sure, a huge but one. Every actor has that. Sure, but that. acting like acting is under this. There's this big issue with acting where there's all these workshops that you can pay for to meet casting directors and meet agents, and there's not supposed there's there's supposed to not be a quid pro quo of paying, yeah. but like you'd have to be the biggest fucking moron in the world to not acknowledge that it is there. And in LA, a lot of these classes have been banned, and casting you sign directors, thing, yeah. yeah, and cast directors have been caught. You know that like if you want to get on CS uh, CSI yeah, Miami, nice little like side gig for them. So that helped when I first moved here, but it was it was brutal. I mean, the thing, if I went back, I either wouldn't have gone to college or I would have gone to like a Northwestern or NYU because you realize that the most important part of college, in my view, especially with arts, is just your network. Networking and yeah. coming I mean, from a college conservatory where my conservatory was eleven people by the time we graduated, three of whom are still in show business. It feels like that's, that's what felt realtors? brutal. When I did the first show with NYU kids, and you're like, oh, fuck. they all know each fuck. other. They all Shit. know each other, and they oh, why is there show in Time Out New York? Because they they fucked they know the guy, the guy who yeah, runs the absolutely. thing. Their mom knows their cousin who runs or whatever. And that took. I mean, only now do I feel like you know you start knowing enough people where you get an email of like, hey, I thought of you for this random thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's that person I worked with eight years ago. Yeah, that's what was brutal and that's what i mean it's it's that's what sucks yeah we have a friend who refers to them as the pipeline kids yeah there was the nyu company i did was called pipeline and usc (laughs) all of them that's a little we did this play and it was mostly nyu kids and it was i i was going through like a brutal breakup oh no i was you know the career was struggling and it felt like every rehearsal was like going to someone else's high school reunion and i was the only one who didn't know anybody there and it was brutal it's fucking brutal the beginning that's why stand, what I like about stand-up a little bit more is uh, th- th- there's a little more if you have the goods, I think you can yeah. advance a little faster. There's it's, walls for sure. 
it's as close to, and maybe I sound like a idiot for saying this, but it's as close to a meritocracy of any form of entertainment that I've seen. It's not close, but it's the closest. Yes. Over music, over acting. That's why there's more diversity in it compared yeah. to a lot of these other art forms. Yeah. People talk about like struggling actors. They all come from rich families. Yeah. Stand-up's the one, one form where you, there's a chance that you might not be. Used to be homeless or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Can yeah. you make them laugh? There's a bigger socioeconomic span uh, among comedians than among musicians and actors, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but I would believe well, it's it. It's funny when, when comics have like I remember when I hearing uh, Chris D'Elia stuff aside, but hearing like that his family was super rich. I think it's funny when you hear about any stand-up who comes from like mega Money. wealth. Yeah, Nick Kroll the most I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Julia like, Louis Dreyfus, but yes, yeah. oh, she's the best. But then here's here's the thing. I, I everyone's like, oh fucking, well, it's their family, man. I'm like, they're so listen, funny. Nothing. Yeah, I don't care how rich your dad is. The, 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 when you're on stage, it's just you. No one yep. knows who your dad is. Most of the people you perform for don't care. Chris D'Elia got funny. Like, he, he was on stage enough to figure out how to, how to rock a crowd. Uh, yeah. Why am I defending Chris D'Elia right now? <laughs> uh, but, like, all of those people, like, you, they still had to build the talent. Like, it's... <laughs> it's too bad the phrase funny is funny has been used to defend yeah. every crime against humanity. Yeah. But it's it also always is someone true saying the there's N-word. times I have that urge to be like, well, you know, funny is fun. No, yeah. can't say it like that. In stand, yeah, in stand-up, it's, uh, I really admire anyone who figured out how to, how to make a crowd laugh. I think I'll, I've been, I've been uh, I, I submitted, I had to submit a tape for crowd warm-up audition, like doing crowd work to no one in my living room. But... There's times, not that I pursue it very so much. Brutal. Yeah, it was. It was you like brutal. set up teddy bears. Yeah, happened? what the heck? I, I didn't say it. Like, Run what's a your TV name? Show oh, in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I don't want anyone to ever see it. But like, Patreon. and I don't want to be a host type. I get cast host a lot because I, I, I just am energetic. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna let it die. Yeah. But. I admire even the one, even the hacky, any hacky warm up who, who does music things with a group of people and gets them to sing or dance. I'm like, they did it. Yeah. They went in a room with people who were not in the mood to be in a good mood and they did it. Yeah. And I, I, I admire, I admire all of anyone who can get a group of people. I have admiration for even the terrible, you know, a mega church people. Like I see what they're doing. Yeah. They're getting people moving. It's a moving. skill, very much so. I don't want to say Adolf Hitler because you get in trouble for that. <laughs> but I'm saying any good, any person that gets people riled up, I can look at the tools that they're using and go, oh, that tool and their development of that tool is impressive. Yeah. You ever watch a hack on stage kill and you're like, even if I did their material, I wouldn't get that out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... It takes it takes skill to deliver that kind of yeah. And people do that with LOL comics all the time. There are some comics at LOL that do material that either is, uh, is homophobic or leans on old race tropes, and you you can critique that all you want. I mean, it's fair game. But you see people who know how to go in a room with people who are rowdy and drunk and not in the mood and get like them laughing to attention. Yeah. yeah, and you have to admire charisma. And I just, there's no point in shitting all over someone's talent because they don't, they, they don't fit the thing you want it to be. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, 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 it took me a long time to, to learn. It's, I can't hold other people to my standards. Yeah. Our, our, our only job is to make people laugh uh, and, and not steal jokes. Uh, yeah. That's the only other rule, maybe. And so you whatever you do to get there. Because you don't want to do it. And right. that's And that, that's the same for me where it's like, I want to kill, and but I also want to be admired by, by 
I have a deep desire yeah. to want to, to write smart jokes that, you know, someone like Fair you would admire. Yeah. yeah. And that's my own thing, though. I but have set also, those parameters. Yeah, and you don't know parameters. where people are coming from. Like, if they have a comedy background or if they ever thought of it as a career. Because what mm-hmm. I really admire is when people who come from, like, pretty poor backgrounds necessarily, maybe not artist families, then think to go into stand-up or something along those lines. Because the amount of barriers they have to break down like, you know, worrying about getting a paycheck that week, let alone like yes. following their internal voice of what they should be doing. So I think that's very cool when they're able to actually overcome all that. Yeah, there was a... And if you're going to be hack, then fine yeah. at that point. Like, I'm not going to judge. Like, do your thing. There was a, a, a Johnny Montgomery, my former roommate. Laura knows him. He's, he's, he's a good friend of ours. His, his coach... He's a swimmer in college. His coach was this uh, Russian Olympian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he had a gold medal on a relay. And uh, the, all the swimmers were talking to each other. And they were like, why do you swim? He's like, oh, I swim because you know, like, it makes you feel you know, strong. Why do you swim? And they, they, they turned to the coach like, why did you swim? He goes, to eat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was, it was for, so for people who do it as a means of like, this was my way out of, this is, right. this is a career for me. Like, yeah, yeah. oh so yeah, then, you would have very different rules for right, yourself. Right, absolutely. If then it was I'm like, a survival. You're going to do whatever makes yeah. people laugh. Yeah. You don't give a shit. Yeah, what the, yeah. You know, like, it's a privilege to be able to have those kind of internal, <laughs> you know, rules that you're like operating under. Sure. I want to sure. kill, but only if I don't talk about this. Thing. Yeah. Can't At talk a certain about point, you're like, I just need to, ki- I need to kill. <laughs> I have a question. Who do you think is uh, more out of line? Comics trying to be actors or actors trying to be comics? Um, I think that because doing bad at comedy, you feel it a lot more viscerally, uh-huh. that actors who become comics generally have to confront their shortcomings more often mm-hmm. than comics who become actors. There's so many ways you can get away with bad acting or with editing. You know, they can yeah, make Shaquille O'Neal look like he knows yeah, how to act. And maybe, maybe Ryan Lochte did an episode of 30 Rock. Yeah, yeah. maybe he can at this point. But I, I, think, uh, I think you see people like Jim Carrey, the, the comics who become good actors really appreciate that it's an art form. There are comics, you know, Jerry Seinfeld like loved, loves to just shit all over the acting as an art form, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. You know, everyone should have a sense of humor about their art sure, form. Except he hired only actors yes, for sure. Of course. And that's why he never got better. That's why he never got better. And that's why Jerry Seinfeld isn't a great actor. And I think it's, I think it's, you have to have some pretty big balls to be a stand-up comedian and shit all over a different artistic profession because we both live in... We, we, actors and comedians both live in art forms that people transition into later in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, LeBron, I used to, it never worked, but it was the idea that, you know, LeBron can, audition, can transition into acting. Meryl Streep can't transition into the Cavaliers. That's or funny. Ah. But yeah. it's, it's, so it always feels fragile because it is subjective and because, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't want to just talk about like black basketball players to <laughs> criticize. There's plenty of uh, uh, Kim Kardashian. <laughs> the closest tangent. Sorry, throughout Ryan Lochte, trying to, trying to help you out there. But Kim Kardashian, you know, she'll be in a big movie, and she could make as much as Meryl Streep in a movie. And you just have to accept that that's the reality. That that there will be shit in all art forms. People yeah. that don't admire the craft. But, Listen, Kazam is a good movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that what it's called, or Kazam? Sh- Sh- Shazam. Is- Shazam. No, I think Kazam. I- it's the Shaquille O'Neal as a genie movie. 
I didn't even know that was a thing. So clearly it did well. It was a money grab from the 90s. Yeah, well, Basically good, good one of those like Space Jam type, you know. Yeah. He was very good at basketball. He was very good at basketball. You know how it is? The, the more you care about the art form, the more you understand the art form, the more you, you really feel bad. I feel bad acting. Because I, I studied it for so long. So when I see a bad actor... I'm, it's like I feel like it's poisoned the screen. It's poisoned the show. Oh. <laughs> but if if you don't, but if you just are a regular person, you don't notice it that much. Yeah, no, no I not. I barely. I'm beginning to notice. I'm like, oh, that's bad acting, but it works. I'm just interested in what works. Yeah. Like, what doesn't make the average person cringe is my bar for acting. <laughs> so I'm fine with anyone transitioning to anything as long as they. Not, I mean, not as long as they, but I think. I look down on it if they don't admire the art form or they don't look into it. And it's tough to start acting at a later life. These classes are insane. The, the, the practice of acting, if you look at the different schools of thought, they're all over the fucking place because it's this incredibly subjective thing where some people are doing sense memory. Some people are, are, are doing like you need to do scene work and you have your objective and your tactics. It's complex and it's, it's like learning a new language yeah. at a later age. Like it, it, it involves... But I remember um, Zach Woods, right? Do you know him? He's a, he, he was like a comedy improv guy. Yeah. And he was starting to blow up. And I remember being on the subway platform. I don't know him. But he was, he was there sitting, like reading a play, an obscure play. And I imagine it was for an acting class. And I'm like, that's why he's good. That's admirable. Take it seriously. Yeah. And UCB, like, UCB did a thing where, uh, Pride Citizens Brigade, where they, they were teaching like an eight-week acting course once a week acting and for improv yeah like acting that. for I improv yeah and, and it's it, crazy sure it was so hard that was i yeah. think what really made me like i always knew acting was a skill but that was when i was like oh and it's a skill you don't have yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's you would need good to go and work on it but as an actor i remember seeing that and being like an eight oh an eight class series on how to act now yeah i, I mean, went to obvious, fucking four years of yes, college absolutely, and acting. absolutely but that's how anyone feels about any art form You're coming into right. it and that's but how it, i it, feel about you doing stand-up once every four months and calling yourself a stand-up sure, you know sure. yeah. I, I look down on actor friends who 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 now do the same thing and like but and I, I think most of what that class really did is i was like i don't think i'm actually any better at this i just know I have so much work to do before I ever be able to call myself an actor. Yeah. But why is it harder than stand-up? It shouldn't be harder than stand-up. I don't think it's that you it's totally different. Written for they're, you. Just totally, they're just totally different. I it's, mean, it's... It's harder for me. It's just so much harder. That's I, because you've done all... You have, the amount of hours you've spent on each one does not even remotely compare. Within a year of doing stand-up, I knew I had something. I've been doing acting oh. for eight years, and I still consider myself a complete fraud. But you've only been taking classes for what two or three at this point a couple years yeah yeah and i don't do it i don't have the you had same a very reps, different approach yeah you had a very different approach and that's fine and maybe and you, you, you might have a better sense for stand-up out the gates but that doesn't mean you can't get better at something and some people figure it out i mean like some there's clearly some people who figure it out acting on movie sets which to me that's that sounds like a miracle like you, you can't rely on it's like on swimming in a race and yeah. really like learn, learning to swim while you're racing yeah 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 but or even one that's crazy or even more like learning to swim like in only in a, a stagnant pool or like like a backyard pool where you like it's film, film acting yeah. is so yeah. crazy with with uh with uh, uh, rules and things you have to do. It barely feels like acting sometimes. It's very mechanical. It's about hitting beats, and you, you have to know. It's so much less about the emotion and more just driving the story and, and making sure you hit all the important details, right? And you go soft. I, I feel I do not feel like my acting is 
in shape at all. I, of course, lie or, or I go to auditions and I, I give an air of confidence because you have to. But And I'm sure it's fine. But, like, I know what – the same way if you write a new joke and you know, like, this joke is not there. Yeah, I know it in my soul. underneath <laughs> it, but it's got some polishing that yeah. needs to happen. Yeah, absolutely. What um, – so you do a lot of commercial acting. I did. Like, I mean, like, I auditioned a lot, and I, I maybe, was, like, the spokesman for General Electric. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. But, again, like, acting on those things where, did I act a lot? I filmed two days, and it aired for a long time. That's like everyone knows me from Hustlers, and I'm like, well, I was truly on set for 30 minutes. Whatever. 30 minutes, <laughs> I did four takes. Good ROI. So, so is it acting? Is it not yeah. acting? Did I just, like, I did, you know, I said the right, I said the thing, and I was a little bit quirky and awkward and weird. Yeah. It wasn't, to me, that's not an, that's not a work. I'm glad. I'm happy when people it's say good like job. It's not like you're, you're maybe more, I'm not most proud well of known, it. but yeah. not like the work that you think you gave the most skill to. Yeah. 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 Where, like, I did a web series a long time ago, like, high-budget web series where, like, no one saw it, but it was, like, I was a Jewish man in World War II and I was killed. And, like, I'm like, well, that's, that's, that was really my work. Yeah. If you want to assess me. Yeah. Uh, So it's tough. I mean, I don't know, like, I'm so gung-ho about stand-up and especially after all this shit, I'm just like, well, this is all I, I'm going to just focus on this entirely. stand-up side. Give back so much. What? It gives back. Yes. For unit work, it's, it's so much more rich and rewarding. Part of that's me realizing I needed that feedback loop. I think part of like what it you're drawn nice. to as a human being is like... Positive what kind of Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, need, I need an insane amount of positive affirmation. Yeah. It's, it's just how I'm, I'm built. I don't know how novelists do it. You uh, know? Yeah. I don't know how you, oh I don't know how you write God. a pilot. Like sure. 22 pages, whatever, 30 pages, and you have to... You can't run each individual punchline by people to watch and go, good. <laughs> yeah. That's why some people are amazing at Twitter is stuck at stand-up because Twitter's like, to me, it's the closest feedback. You write it, you see if it works right away. Right. Within 10 seconds, I know if a tweet is good. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, I had a conversation with Zweibel about why acting is, is so different and, and, and to me so much harder than stand-up. Should we clear So Alan Zweibel, yeah. he was uh, with the original Legendary. Saturday Night Live uh, writers. Yeah. Um, wrote a bunch of movies, and he also wrote Here Today, which Writes with Matt and, and I are in. Yeah. Yeah, with Billy Crystal. Very Billy quickly, Crystal. yeah, Here Today, what, can you give more details on that? What are we allowed to say? Billy Crystal and Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, they, they've talked about the plot. It's, it's like Billy Crystal is an old writer of a, of a Saturday Night Live type show, and he finds out he has a, a brain deterioration disorder mm-hmm. or something. And uh, befriends Tiffany Haddish, and, and we are musician. both cast members on this fake Saturday Night Live show. I play Colin Jost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just, I'm just one of the, one of the actors. We're all, we were all cast members, which is really cool. We had a lot of days on set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's going to come out maybe this year. We don't, we don't know. Maybe. Apparently, it's done or it's about to be it's final July. cut. They're just well, deciding do they release it now or wait until people can go to movies. I think Billy will want movies. Movies. Yeah. I think but so to too. be fair, like the sooner he releases, there's nothing new going to come out. You and know, if you wait till the movies year, come out, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be like James Bond five. It's yeah. all the big blockbusters but are going to. It's like TikTok. Holding. Get in now. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, so I, Billy, if you're listening. And I was telling, <laughs> I, I want, but I want a movie because I was telling Matt, I, like, the, I think the red carpet for this thing would be like. The legends, cool. yeah. the legends, the legends of comedy. Yeah, shit. If, like I think Mel Brooks would come to that, and yeah. uh, I mean uh, Larry, Larry David, and yeah. I mean 
like uh, who our heroes look up to like people yes, John Stewart yes. would geek out to be around yes yeah. absolutely that's cool. yeah um that's so John, exciting my experience with John Marco on set which I'm, I'm very grateful for was I got cast I I, I just I went in I skipped the first round because I couldn't make it and they sent me straight to callbacks, which is a sweet gig. So Stand my audition up, was baby. with Billy Crystal and I think he just, he could sense when you I was like, uh, I'm going to an audition with Billy Crystal. Like, yeah, and I was, what? <laughs> I was so nervous with my whole scene. I got to, I was in the scene, I was reading a scene, so I didn't really memorize my lines. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it was, it was. Does the actor in you just be like, what? But it makes it more it's real. Fine. It makes I mean, it more real. I, I got in the movie, so I'm okay if I hadn't. I'd yeah. be like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I pre- obviously I prepared. Like, I don't I know. Was, I took like one class. Why am I not the best at this? I don't get it. <laughs> it was a lot of pressure, and I, I'm, I'm happy he liked me, and I was in the movie. But we were, we were all cast members. We all played cast members together. It was about 10 of us, maybe? Yeah. And it was me and John Marco who were stand-ups. And then and Chris uh, was... Chris Caffero, my was, friend, who's, who's more sketch. Yeah, he was around for one day, though. He wasn't... It was the group I was... We were with were all Broadway actors. It was the guy who plays Beetlejuice on Beetlejuice. Alex Bradley. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. the woman who plays Tootsie on Tootsie. And it was these like these people who were so experienced in acting and yeah. theater acting. And then me <laughs> and John Marker was my bridge to them. Because they would just talk about this play being overrated and this play being underrated. And they would sing show tunes together. And I was just like... John Marker was like, so how's LOL Comedy Club? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he really made me feel good. Uh, in that, not that the the actors also made me feel welcome, but they were just yeah, so just intimidating. Different... And he was he could walk, he could he could he, he was in both worlds uh, simultaneously, and that made the That's experience cool. way better for me. Yeah, but, no, yeah. I'm exci- I'm actually gen- even beyond knowing you two, genuinely excited to watch that movie. And you have a really Sounds funny actually scene. good. Yeah, yeah, I get it's to finally great. do this thing. That's Is the that one thing good, I haven't told anyone about skill, it. Like, or you haven't you haven't told people what you do? Yeah, there's an impression okay. I do. In okay, it. yeah. Uh, so that, that, was, that an impression I did that got in because Billy searched my name on YouTube and like saw me do cool. an impression. He he knew about Chris that way that. too. Billy like clearly he does like YouTube searches of his actors Whoa. and like because I got the rewrite and I was like they it said the impression I do and I was like get the fuck out of here I do this impression <laughs> this is the only this is the only impression I do He's like, and then I someone know, was like yeah that's why but when I saw I wish I could have you know seen seen my face when I looked at the rewrites I was like. No way. No way. This is what of heaven. That Billy Crystal wrote a comedy scene for you. That's, That's crazy. That's very cool. Yeah, it was very, and that was definitely, what's crazy, I mean, acting is so brutal. Because the honest truth is I, I had hoped to have been much further in my acting career. I mean, sure. part, part of why I switched to stand-up is I had time. Yeah. I had time to switch to stand-up. And the movie was the first, like, you're at the t- I was at the table read and, you know, with Tiffany Hash and Billy Crystal and, and uh, at rehearsals, you know, as opposed to Hustlers, which is really like they cast me in a room. I showed up. I had one line. No one talked to me. The director yeah. didn't say good job. Well, <laughs> director doesn't know my name. He's busy. Yeah. yeah or yeah. she. It was a she. Hustlers. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it was very cool. It was yeah. a very. That's why I want that red carpet, baby. I want the full. Yeah. Full I want experience. the full experience. That'd be great. I can't wait to see myself in the back of someone's airplane chair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, like I did the worst. People are gonna watch. I, I was on a, a flight lot, yeah. to South Carolina for a gig, and I the woman next to me was watching Hustlers, and I, she was friendly. We had had a conversation before, I so when I the scene came up, I was like, "Hey, 
look at me look there she's and like, she hey, looks like you yeah 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 and then she said she'd come to the south carolina show and then she did oh, not that's so cool. um that's, she, the she dream. Yeah. that's even better yes, <laughs> <Very> yes. <funny. laughs> two lines maybe she would have come yeah but no. she's like mm, a couple more scenes and then i would have been there um okay so what else do you have going on any so we're slowly doing live shows again outdoors yeah i i mean i love them i mean i'll perform anywhere right now i'm still yes. doing the zooms I'm yeah. doing a couple hours here and there for like corporate gigs and that's good. Yeah, I think Zoom is one of those things a where Zoom like hour. Yeah, a Zoom uh, hour. But like that, I think it's one of the things with the acting. I don't like doing that for a meeting. Yeah, like <laughs> work. The, I'm like, eh. the acting made it so I could like figure out Zoom. I think the acting training or the theatrical training lets you figure out different mediums yeah. quicker. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, okay, here's how to keep this feeling fun. Yeah, I have to pretend like I'm performing for an audience that's loving this, even if everyone's on mute. Yeah. So I hate it. I you mean, do it's full muted Zoom shows sometimes. In the beginning, Ooh. you know, in the beginning, people were Actors figuring this really shit out. Actors really do have like iron yeah, will, true. you know, like yeah, font. He's like, whatever, no problem. But it hurts. It takes like yeah. there's some like imaginative energy that I only if, did one Zoom show. I was yeah, like, and it was an on Animal Crossing. It was so fun. Was it fun? Yeah, actually, that's so fun. Um, but mostly because I could just do reactions with my little Animal Crossing uh-huh. character. <laughs> and that's gonna get a laugh because it's so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Were you doing act outs on that too? A lot of yeah. walking circles. <laughs> well, I was doing ones, that was actually one of the jo- or the shows where I realized how many act outs I have because I was like, this joke that's hilarious. really needs like a third at least of like seeing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do with eye lines on Zoom shows because a lot of times I'll do dialogue split if I have dialogue to break up the dialogue, I'll just use two directions. Uh-huh. Don't know what to do with the zoom. Like, do I look in the camera and off camera? But then I'm not really like. I'm just looking at myself the whole time. I can't. Yeah. I can't just fight. I cannot have a picture of me there. I look at and the not camera. just be like preening. <laughs> I try to look at the, the camera just to not have. I try, eye. but at some point I'm like, I feel like I'm dying inside. I'm <laughs> looking at how. Um, so zoom shows, the outdoor shows. I'm doing a QED show this Thursday. They have oh, a little yeah. porch. Sweet. It's just like, I think it's like, I don't know how many people sells it out, like eight or ten. Yeah. But Enough is, is, is what yeah. that number is. I mean, better than what it's been. You yeah, know? I'm, up for, I'm up for anything. Because I'm so backed up. I mean, the way I write, I just write shitloads of new. And I got so spoiled with LOL, where I like, I'm sure. I fine tune it. I don't go up there and just like freestyle it. But I just like write so much new that's backed up. And I just need to say it once on stage. Yeah find out the 10% that works and then go from there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And right now I have just like start crossing pages and list. pages of fat. Yeah. Yes. And you perform for the first time that week. You're like, I don't want to bomb. I just, can I just feel good for a second? Is that yeah. okay? Yeah. Um, I was developing new stuff off zoom, but it's exhausting because you don't know when it's the mics or yeah. the, the feed or it's even more intense. I'm like very that. tired of that part. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I'm doing, I mean, I'm starting to, I was starting to write more. I wrote, you know, I have an SNL packet I'm submitting. I submitted a late night packet to a workshop that didn't get in. But I've like, I've, I feel like I can write a late night packet that's worthy of submission now. That's good. Hey, so you developed some new skills. You've learned how to yeah. do Zoom over yeah. this whole nonsense. We're finally getting in front of people again. You're, yeah. you're showing up on my morning podcast now. Yeah, so that's exciting. I've been trying to think of a podcast idea. It's brutal. Yeah. But it feels, it's like one of those things you're like, I just feel like I got to figure this yeah. out. Yeah, you got to challenge yourself. Um, he 
Oh yeah, quick story. Uh, I listen to the the Intelligence by the Economist okay. every morning. Uh huh. My favorite podcast. Uh, Economist uh, rated uh, one of the most neutral news sources by themselves. Uh, no, by another. <laughs> 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 it's no, like relativity. You always and you can trust us because yeah. we're neutral about yeah. it. Um, we said. Uh, the, yeah, I just turned it. I turned on the podcast. I was like half awake, and at the end, of, there's an ad at the beginning. At the end of it. On the last three words, I recognized it as your voice. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I rewound it again. I was like, that's definitely John Marco. That's de-. And then I sent it to you. Uh, yeah. But then it played a different ad for you because it personalizes what the What was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Capital Group. Capital Group. Uh, sure, they pay well. Uh, it's yeah. a nine. It's a, you know. Yeah, but it was just so cool. I was so pr- I was so proud of you in that moment. But, and yeah, so, that is very cool. It was funny. You it killed it, by the way. Matthew, you crushed it. And but this is like the a difference. Good exhibition of your skill with art forms. Like Matthew wrote me, and I was like, oh yeah, like it's nothing to me. Like it was very, it was very kind for you to write and, and this gregarious. Like this is so great. Congratulations. <laughs> and for me, like having done voiceover, I'm like, oh yeah, this was. Yeah, I don't even need. I didn't post about this one, <laughs> uh, but that's, that's so just funny. the different forms thing, you know. Where like you would get a stand-up thing that wouldn't mean anything to you, I'd be like, "Oh my god, fuck <laughs> yeah, me!" Corporate game. I'm just impressed with people who have like multiple skills. Like, I, I'm I love stand-up, but it's like it feels like the only thing I can do most days. So yeah, voice acting is so impressive. It's more just you have so to acknowledge how long it takes. So what you were saying is like, yeah, if you want to do acting, it's like. It's Meisner, so Meisner would say you, you, you can't be a good actor until you've done it for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's just arbitrary, like the 10,000 hours thing yeah. at the end of but the day. But point being, you have to try really hard. You have to try for a you long have to do time. It. Yeah. I'm still the bitch like, I just want to not suck. I hope when I show up on yeah. screen, no one knows how bad it is. I don't need them to know how that's good it is. That's how I'm at with stand up yeah, at this I'm, point. I'm, I'm like, I just want to do okay. But you know? even knowing Unnotable. that you suck, that's. I think is Ira Glass does a thing where like you you just unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence, unconscious competence, and then conscious competence. Yeah. The fourth stage. So as long as you know what the bar is you're trying to reach, at least phase two. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you just keep getting until you're there. Alan's Weibel. This is what we we were saying. The stand up to acting. Stand up is noting subtle absurdities. Acting is ignoring blatant ones. Like, that's why they seem so opposite to me. Like, when I'm doing stand-up, I can stop in the middle of my joke and note the color of someone's shoelaces. Mm-hmm. And that's now part of the show, whereas when I'm acting, I have to pretend I'm killing, even though the sound guy has heard me say the same joke seven times in a row, the camera guy is getting angry, like, and I still have to pretend that, like, I mean, even from my angle, I'm not looking at what, the, the reverse shot shows a crowd, in, or like, what, whatever person in front of me. But for me, I just see a camera guy yeah. and like a dark and lights blaring my face. I have to pretend none of that's there. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a, you have to, it's like, I, there's times where if I'm doing a, a dramatic monologue, like I could see the comic in me or a comic friend just making fun of me mercilessly. Yeah. Just for like the, oh, you so, you're so sad right now. <laughs> and you're like internally roasting yourself. Yeah. And th- those are the counter. That, that's why I think they're so, they're so different. Like I'm, I'm allergic to, sin- ever, I, I'm allergic to sincerity to a certain degree where like someone is just giving an emotional speech. There's a part of me that's like, shut the fuck. Yeah. And it's, when I did acting, like I would constantly be fighting that, or I'd be, you know, I'd be doing the exercises where I would breathe, or I would scream as much yeah. as. And uh, uh, stand up is so not that. And like to really do acting, you you gotta be able to buy into the bullshit, not just buy it artificially. You gotta be in it. Yeah. And 
that's hard. That's the part where I don't. I worry that I may have have lost that ability, or it'll be even harder because comics have a you're stepping outside of it and acting. You're stepping as deep well, into it as you possibly can. So much of comedy is being able to spot the bullshit, yeah, and like make notes or remarks about it, and then yeah, acting is believing it completely. How have you so, done a lot of acting? We haven't talked about your acting. Um, I mean, no, you've done. I'm not beyond really improv. Uh huh. Um, again, I did and an audition. And that's what I was going to say. That was one of the hardest things. I, one of my friends at an improv um, class that I took, I took a couple classes with her and she's a producer. Mm -hmm. So she invited me to come because, you know, we've done a lot of scenes together. She's like, oh, I'm doing a commercial. You should come audition for it. And I was like, great. Like, I've never auditioned. This will be just a fun experience. Yeah. And it was insane. Like you were confident going in was my, my well, I mean, no, that. I knew that I was just like, I mean, I'm not gonna be able to prepare for this. Yeah, there's, I, there's and I, no to, I just had to eat on stage and then like say a couple lines at the same time, mm -hmm. but you're eating fake food, imaginary food. And these lines are all very sincere. And I like, couldn't, and there was these people there and I just was like, this is so ridiculous. And I couldn't buy into the fact of like, this is a real thing that I'm currently doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to make them laugh was the biggest, you know, I was like, didn't feel like I was doing well because no one was laughing at the end yeah, of yeah, yeah. whatever I was saying. Sure. Um, and then the craziest part was when we left or when I left the place, there was this kid with his mom in the elevator and he's like, I crushed that audition. He's like seven. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of kids do that before because oh you know, they, 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 they don't know it's you're not like, supposed to admit such an alternate reality <laughs> i feel like so i was good. like looking into this little like window of his life yeah <laughs> like, and you have improv improv was the i did improv i've done doing improv since before we met yeah we talk about an art form that people shit all over oh, that i'm like yeah. what are you talking We're great improvisers it's astounding it's just very sad that it's one of those art forms that there's no it future can't in it. scale up. Right. It doesn't seem to have an ability to scale up. Yeah. You know you've made it as an improviser when, when you, you no transition longer improv. Yeah, into something yeah, yeah, yeah. else. It's just so frustrating. And yeah. so you know, there's those improvised Shakespeare who create like a touring world out of it. But like or You're still not gonna like make money. Yeah, but like filmed long form improv, I've never seen it yeah. feel great. Middle edition swords. Yeah, middle editions that was Netflix. the only yeah, that's very good, but it's the only one that's ever done. Only it. one that I've been able to watch on you know video and still like, doesn't compare it compared to in person compared yeah, to absolutely. in person a two prov i didn't see that uh, in person but i've seen two prov in person and like great two prov people you're like holy shit there's something very uniquely impressive about i find musical improv just incredible sure holy crap it blows your mind that was that's an audition like i auditioned for a musical improv thing once blank the musical uh-huh and yeah. i was like why well, do comedy and i'm a musical theater major it's a skill i found that audition harder it's than a you formula i took a few classes in it and it's you can learn it but it's just you have to practice 100 yeah percent. I, I just think it's too bad i think it's I think it's unfortunate, and maybe if you know, this is the I think one of the big criticisms of UCB is they created a culture of of improvisers not getting paid. I think that I think that you could do large sold out improv shows where they, a, they make you know what a Broadway actor might potentially make, uh, because it is such an amazing thing. Yeah, there's plenty of bad improv. Who gives a fuck? There's bad everything. Of course, but when you see a great improv show, it's just like. Electric. Especially in this city, yeah. We talk about how hard it is to get practice for stand-up. You know what I mean? Like, to have a crowd, a mic, uh, everyone warmed up, low ceilings, good seating. Yeah. 
it's so much harder to get together like real practice time for improv in front of a crowd. Eight good people who want to practice and who want to make oh the rehearsal. Oh my god, that was the and you need, you that need was one of my favorite things. To really practice. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite things about stand up is like you don't have to worry about coordinating your schedule with anyone else's because that was like the most frustrating part about improv is just being like crazy all right thursday at seven i'm gonna reserve this room for us to all like go and do practice at like do you want a coach no oh you canceled you canceled you canceled you canceled oh there's three people left like every single week and just versus stand up you're like i'm gonna go to a mic yeah maybe does my friend want to meet me there no okay i wish i could do it i mean i think it's so cool I it love, is very cool. Because uh, I'm on a sketch team, and like, there's, yeah, it's the same I thing. Love, Rehearsals are tough. Sketch is almost harder with the scheduling of everything, because there's and so there's props much work that, yes. And tech cues. That's why I look oh. at improv, and I'm like, oh. You no, don't I know. To, sketch is an even more, more extreme oh. version of that. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and there's also like you get to do your sketch in full maybe a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're like, I hope it worked because we just spent all this time getting it together. Well, like, I was filming this SNL, uh, the video submission, and like I bought props for this one character. I ended up not filming because it didn't, oh, it just yeah. didn't work. Yeah. But I'm like, I spent $50 on yeah. like props so I look like Shakespeare. This is the stupidest thing I've ever done. But you got to do it. Yeah. You just got to do it. Yeah. Have you seen people who are good actors who just can't figure out stand up and what gets in their way if so? I, I think like understanding the joke structure, you, you have to just like listen to a lot or like the roast battle thing or whatever lesson I learned in that roast battle of like what it means for, to me, it ends up looking like a, a watch where it's like you just have to set all the gears and then at some point you turn this one thing and everything moves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just read um David Foster Wallace, like he was talking about the humor in Kafka or something, an essay that I, I couldn't even understand, but he like broke down what comedy is. And it's that idea of, it's kind of like everything all at once coming into place that it creates like an explosion of sorts in, in your brain of it all. Realization. Just, yeah. 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 And that's how I it's think it's like to, yeah. that fundamental understanding is what some people can't understand or they, they won't take the time to understand. Um, as opposed to like, what's a funny detail? I mean, like I see a lot of storytellers that go into stand up and suck and, you know, details for a crowd that's super invested might get a big yeah. pop, but like, that's not what a real, a real pop. And you just have to study those. I think you have to go far, swing far that way to fully understand it. You need to see those one liner comics. Yeah. The and streams is you can hide the joke structure. It's really good. Yeah. Comics hide that it's a joke. But if you, if you do a lot of comedy, like. That's a that's a that's a heavy joke. That's a strong punchline that seems really underplayed. Yeah. yeah. Do you did you um when you first started doing stand up like have this really theoretical approach that you seem to have now or at first were no. you just kind of like it was just stories. It. Yeah, okay. it's just it was really just stories. Like it was like uh, the first it was like the the first time I discovered sexual sensations as a kid and it was act outs about like the weird things i did or yeah and you know there's there's jokes there and i I go back sometimes to that old stuff and i pull out some jokes yeah like i had an ex-girlfriend that texted me what kind of ky did we use and it's like the joke is built the joke it's kind of like that's funny in and of itself and i had kind of jokes from there Mm -hmm. um and then after rose i went like supers strict the way i write now because i write so much on my laptop it does sometimes become uh, mechanical yeah and i'm at i think i'm at a little bit of a crossroads artistically of like 
I'm trying to do every different form. There's sometimes I'll do strict one-liners. That's probably with good a little to like, bit of flow. Yeah, try all these different, you know, cross yeah. training. But part of me is like, I kind of want that. And I think every Pete Holmes, like in his last special, he did like five things that were tweets of his that are great one-liners. Yeah. And he kind of acknowledged the weirdness in his own way of it's just like, and here's a crazy thought. And then yeah. back to my story about yeah. having my first kid. Regan has that. One of Regan's most famous jokes is, this doesn't fit anywhere else, in my, anywhere else in my act, but if you are having second thoughts about an upcoming visit to an Indian national park, you're having a reservation, reservation, reservation. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. That's the whole... And then, because like, his things are so long and... He finds every angle, but he just wanted to throw out a one line. Palette cleanser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A triple entendre. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. So I definitely, these days I approach it more from Lego blocks and then smoothing over eventually. Right. Or I'm doing a story. But even now when I go to stories, I like break it into big pops. Interesting. And I think it's like until I'm doing hours, until I'm doing hours regularly, more regularly, it's hard to, to evolve in, in little chunks. Yeah, I mean, like, you were talking about the structure of an hour yeah. the other day, where it was, what, what was the breakdown? 20-minute story at one point. Yeah, Eric, Eric Newman and I were talking about how even doing 15-minute sets around New York, as great as that is, that doesn't, it's still, you can't build an hour with that. Yeah. You can't just do three perfect 15-minute sets. There, there, there has to be uh, a point where you pull back the last per minute and then reveal more character. Yeah, yeah. which is... Yeah. Which is usually the second half of a really good hour, a really good special. It wouldn't necessarily work as a 15 minutes out of the clock. Yeah, it's yeah, like sometimes when you're, I mean, who was that when we were just, um, shoot, not Jim Jeffries. What was the other set we just Hannibal. watched? Hannibal's set. In the second half it of was Hannibal's just new special. a yeah. really long. That, that popped really well, but yeah. It was so good, but I was it like, was how, funny, say I want to approach, you know, writing a set like that. You can't do that in five minutes. Exactly. Yeah. Or you, do you need to be able things. to do hours. Like the storytelling shows that I do occasionally, like that's how I develop I've never those done one stories. of those. I need to go <laughs> yeah, one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one day. But, uh, but I also feel like I do like the occasional one-liner, or I like sometimes being like, and I'll just have to figure out how that shift occurs in an hour, where I'm like, I sit back and I, I ease the audience. Because you know, I, I, even though it's funny that Brian Regan did that, it's like you can only do it so often where you yeah. can be like, this doesn't fit in anywhere. Right. But it's like a figure way to ease them into that. Because I love like the Anthony Jeselniks of the world. Like I go back, yeah. I, I, they, they, there's jokes of his that I just remember because they were so brilliant. And I'm like, I don't want to prevent myself from being able to explore that I'll just be an amalgamation yeah. of, of these different, of these different forms. Um, I think, or maybe, then maybe no one will buy it. And I'll be like, no, you know what? I'm the big loud comic. <laughs> Am I gay? Am I not? That's the whole act. <laughs> Well, that's probably a good place to wrap it. <laughs> I like that as the... <laughs> that's, our, that's our big closer. Yes, the big closer. Um, so QED. QED on QED. Thursday. What, what time? Thursday, 6 p.m. Eight people can go, so, yeah, so get in line. Get, get your tickets. It's going to be fun. And otherwise, Is that weekly? Uh, or... I think it's going to be weekly, yeah. Cool. yeah. It's so hard to know what's going on. I know. You. Just, it's my full name, Gianmarco Cerezi. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, I'm, I'm getting better. And then, He's uh, great on Twitter. And then and I'm, great on Instagram. Uh, great great videos and then great jokes on Twitter. And I'm doing the TikTok. Somehow my name is not available, so it's all that spaz. I feel S -P -A -Z. like everyone over 25 calls it the TikTok. 
<laughs> Look, I, I, I'll do whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll keep pumping it out. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming. Well, thanks on. for coming. Thank you. And bye.